tongue moved slowly around my mouth, and how my heart swirled and danced under his touch. I suppose I'll have to live on that memory until the first time he comes to town. Memphis in May, perhaps? That's the perfect time of year. He'll arrive for the Beale Street Music Festival and stay for the whole month. After all, May means mud season back in Vermont, and mud season, or the fall, as the Vermonters call it, means there won't be any work for him there. Heck, the whole state practically shuts down during that time. Springtime in Memphis, however, is glorious. We'll go to the Memphis and May Barbecue Festival and the Sunset Symphony together. We'll watch the ducks walk the red carpet at the Peabody Hotel, and we'll hang out with Virginia and John, Mary Jewel and Al, Alice and Richard, and we'll— The girls will die when I show up unannounced. I cannot wait to see the look on Virginia Murphy's face when I pull up in her driveway and, oh— about eight more hours. I figure it'll probably be late by the time my daughters and I go to a drive through for dinner and take at least three more TT breaks. She and John will be sound asleep, but I'll call her cell and she'll answer anyway. It won't be the first time I've dialed her at one in the morning. Of course, Alice, the bossiest of the three, will wonder why in the world I didn't come to her house. Mary Jewel might be disappointed, too, but she would never question any decision I make. It's hard having to choose between three best friends. The only reason I'm driving to Virginia's house is because, well, honestly, she knows me the best. You can't room with someone all four years of college and every summer in between and not know everything there is to know about each other. Virginia knows that I wax my bikini line and I know about the few little hairs that grow around her nipples and how she sometimes lets them grow too long and forgets to shave them. Modesty goes out the window when you're living with someone you've known since the age of five. Alice and Mary Jewel know plenty of my secrets, too, but there's just something about Virginia that soothes me. She's got a calming effect on my soul. Perhaps that's because she's never one time judged me about anything, or maybe it's just as plain and simple as the fact that we've never been interested in the same man. Our types are completely opposite. She likes more of a girl's guy, and I've always been attracted to the guy's guy. John is perfectly happy to shop with her all day long. He's also the type to wear a lily tie or lime green shorts. I prefer the rugged look. I'll take a man who wears a Henley shirt over an argyle sweater any day of the week. Virgie, that's what I call her, and I just flat out love one another. To this day, we've never been in a single fight. Actually, that's not quite true. The closest Virginia has come to scolding me in our 29-year friendship was when I let my husband talk me into moving to Vermont in the first place— And now, truth be told, she had every right. I got the idea from Mama. She had always told me that being a good wife meant following your husband. She claimed she didn't really want to move to Memphis, either away from Greenwood, Mississippi, but she did it because it's what Daddy wanted her to do. It would have been one thing, she used to say, to move to Jackson. Several of my best friends from Ole Miss lived there. Kissy told me that she had once overheard a phone conversation between Mama and one of her friends said my grandfather told Daddy that he'd teach him to be a great farmer if he'd just dig his heels into the Mississippi Delta and not move to Memphis. He told Daddy that all the cotton land stretched out as far as the eye could see could be his if he'd just lay his roots down in Mississippi and leave Mama right where she belonged, in her own hometown. Like me, Mama was an only child. But Daddy's roots couldn't be planted in the middle of a cotton field. Daddy told him, Mr. Grover, I appreciate the offer, but I don't need your cotton fields. I've got a family business waiting on me, two hours north of here, and I won't have to get dirt under my fingernails. 
I'll buy your cotton and won't ever have to break a sweat. Daddy wasn't the farmer type. He'd rather work out of his old warehouse on Front Street, or Cotton Row, as they call it, right in the middle of all the buying and selling. I was raised in a stand-by-your-man household, and I also happened to fall head over heels in love with a football quarterback I first saw in the tenth grade. Even though my red and blue cheerleading skirt barely covered my backside, Baker Satterfield never looked my way, all because my chest was flat. That all changed, though, the summer before my senior year. When I ran out onto the football field that fall, pom-poms raised high above my head, my bosoms had blossomed into a natural size D almost overnight. That man took notice of me then, and after swapping class rings, numerous road trips from Ole Miss to UT, horrendous long-distance telephone bills, and a proposal that would make even Scarlett O'Hara swoon, we finally tied the knot a couple of years after we both...